Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. So we are in the book of John still. We are going over the I Am statements, John chapter 10, where we left off last week. This is week four. So there are seven statements in the book of John of Jesus revealing who he is as the Messiah. Week one, what did we learn? He said, I am the bread of life. Okay, and and update, update to the story. I have tried Olive Garden. Yeah, without him. He still hasn't made it. But me and the kids, the kids took me. I give it a seven. Sorry, Tori, don't give me evil eyes. I've already seen your comment on, on Facebook, all right? The bread was okay. It was good. I mean, yes, it was good. Honestly, my favorite was the soup. I had the chicken and gnocchi soup, um, and it would be perfect if they'd give you more than one gnocchi in there. You know? I, I, it, it felt like eating pork and beans. Remember that old saying? You go blind looking for the pork, right? Well, I was going blind looking for a gnocchi. <laughs> um, so it was good. It was all right. It was all right. It was quite the adventure with my, my kiddos. They, they took me to all these new eat joints. I had to eat Hall's pizza. pizza. It's a, a big deal in OKC. And it, it was good. It was okay. We had a nice little rooftop place to eat. Um, but speaking back to bread, I'm telling you people, I found the most heavenly cinnamon roll I have ever put in my mouth. Like, I'm telling you, when we go to Extrav, I got to take you to this diner, and it's just one of those kind of out of the way. Brittany just said, "Mom, I pass it every day. Let's go eat breakfast there," and and it had me when it said espresso in the drizzle. I was like, "Sold. We're good." I just can't even. There's not enough words. I'm just telling you, it's in a cast iron skillet. It tasted like campfire marshmallows with the espresso that's in it. I'm just telling you, people, it, it was heaven. So Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Second week, we said, I am the light of the world. Last week, I am the gate for the sheep. And so this week's statement, we are looking at his statement of, I am the good shepherd. So that's how we come about giving away corn this morning, because the good shepherd feeds his sheep, right? And I know some of you, probably mostly ladies, have already complained, I don't want corn if I, if I win it. So to help you out, if you would be willing to accept the donation of their winnings of corn, raise your hand now. All right, y'all can give it away very easily today. I, I promise you that. Um, so make sure, my teenagers and, and adults, make sure you've signed up for the giveaway back there with Thomas, and if not, he will hunt you down. Online, I'm not even going to try to mail off 100 pounds of corn, because by the way, each person, there will be five giveaways, each person gets two bags of corn in their winning, okay? So online, we have some gift cards back there that we'll be doing two giveaways online, so if you're watching online, your keyword to type into the comments, life. L-I-F-E, life. That has to be typed in 
I see Perry came. He didn't like his online chances or he just wanted that corn today, didn't he? <laughs> so I said, it amazes me. I'm giving away deer corn and all of a sudden every husband said, all the family's got to go. We got to put all of our name in there. Every wife showed up. I mean, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, if it helps you for next week, by the way, me and Mandy are in cahoots, and thank you, women's ministry. I think we're going to be giving away some cure eggs next week. So, ladies, get your husbands. Tell them, no, you don't need to go deer hunting. You can come and put your name in the drawing because I need a new cure egg. So let's recap who Jesus is talking to in our passage today in John chapter 10 before I finish reading. Remember, he's talking to the Pharisees. He's talking to the man who was born blind that he has healed and then any other bystanders that might be in this crowd. And remember, Pharisees are angry that Jesus has won. He's healed on the Sabbath again, right? Breaking the rules. He's ups- the, the Pharisees are upset because people are starting to call him the Messiah. And the Pharisees are upset because he's saying things that only God would have the power to claim to do. Chapter 10, verse 11. Man, old age and glasses, I'll tell you, on off. Verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. I, a hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming, and he will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him, and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money, doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold and I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The Father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my Father has commanded. When he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. Some said, he's demon-possessed and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? But others said, this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Lord, this is your word, alive and active, and may it change us today because of who you are. So Jesus starts out telling us the difference between a good shepherd and a bad shepherd. And in that first paragraph there that we read, I can imagine him staring eyeball to eyeball to these Pharisees. That's who he's talking to. And so he starts off telling us about what a bad shepherd is like. He said a bad shepherd will abandon the sheep. Abandon them to the point that as soon as trouble comes, in other words, when the wolf shows up, they're going to run. And that will just leave the flock to scatter. 
He's talking about the pressures from the Romans who are oppressing the people. These shepherds don't stand up. They kind of cower to that. And he's also talking about what's coming. If you notice as we're reading through this, it makes sense to our mind what we're reading. We know the end of the story. They wouldn't have caught all of this yet. They didn't understand what was going to be happening to the Christians after he was resurrected. What would be to come? So he says, number one, we can recognize bad shepherds when they abandon their people. The other thing he said, they only work for money. In other words, selfish motives. And it's easy sometimes when you get in a job to try to figure out me, me, me. What's best for me? What's best for me? And even in the the realm of pastors and preachers, it happens. Sometimes it happens. I remember one time many, many years ago, somebody asked Thomas back when we were doing youth ministry um, with that big paycheck that we had back then, right? Yeah. Same one Bo's got right now. Yeah, we passed it on to him. And someone asked us, they said, you know, we're fixing to do some interviews for a youth pastor. What are some good questions? What would you ask somebody in that interview? He said, ask them if they'll do it for free. And they were like, what? We don't want to scare them off. Like, no, man, we've got a package. We, we have something. He's like, no, 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 that's not the point. If something happened to where you had to take away their paycheck for doing this, would they do it for free? He said, it's all about the motive of why they're doing it. It's all about why. Now, now, don't get me wrong, Lord, I'm not advocating not paying the pastor. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I would do it for free. I've done it many years for free. <laughs> why? Because it's not about the money. It's about your motive. And that's what Jesus is talking to these Pharisees. Because see, it's it's sometimes easy to do something because it's the only thing we know to do. It's a whole different thing to know that you're called. You're born to do this. Jesus knew he was born to be the good shepherd. It wasn't something he just sort of stumbled into and thought, well, I, I I'm a pretty good speaker and I think I can lead people. The human side of him knew he was born. And the problem with the Pharisees, sometimes it just became the family job, right? I was talking with Brittany the other day about uh, just an opportunity that came in her email the other day, and, we, and it's a ministry thing. But And I just told her, I said, honey, whenever you do anything in ministry, make sure it's what God called you to do. Not because you're a PK, you're a preacher's kid, and you think you just are supposed to do it. you got to be called to do it. Because it's easy. There's people that are great speakers that could stand up here and give us a great sermon, but they may not be anointed to do it. And that makes for bad shepherds, because then when times do get hard... And we see this so often, I think, in, in smaller churches, smaller towns, and the paycheck dwindles, shepherds have to go to another paycheck, right? Instead of, did God call you here? 
I've sat on the board here so many years and we've done so many pastor searches. How many times have we lost who we thought would be a good pastor because, well, we didn't like the school or we didn't like how far we are from town or we didn't. That wasn't the question. Does God call you? Are you called? So Jesus is talking to these Pharisees. I I just have this vision of him looking them straight in the eye as he's talking about the good shepherd and the bad shepherd. You know, it's just a different thing to be born to do something or doing it because there's nothing else to do. So the hired hand is all about self, the motives. But what about the good shepherd? Jesus said the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Sometimes I want you to know you miss the meanings in the Bible because we haven't compared it to the original Greek. Can I, can I geek out or Greek out with you for just a moment? I, I get stuck sometimes in my word studies. <clears throat> Make sure that's down. So our word today is life. That seems pretty simple, right? Simple words, simple meaning. Except in the Greek, when you're reading your New Testament, there are three words that can mean life. So the first one is bios, and this is the physical life. So this is our everyday, our life here on earth, the physical that we feel, we touch, It's real, right? And then you got Zoe. Zoe is the eternal life. Now, we saw that last week in John 10.10, right? Where the, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you abundant Zoe, eternal life. Remember, that's why I said, don't mistake this for materialistic living. God did not come to give us a rich and abundant bios. I said the message of Jesus Christ has to be global. He came to give us Zoe, eternal life. So today, when Jesus said he would give, he would sacrifice his life, suke. Now, I hope nobody watching this is a Greek expert, because who knows what my pronunciations are like, by the way. But I did my best, all right? Suke. And suke can be translated as soul life. Soul life is our, our mind, our emotions, our will. So Jesus was saying... I will sacrifice my will, my emotions, how I think, how I do things for the sheep. Soul life. It's that breath of life that makes us more than the cells and the blood that function through our body. All right? So three words that make up life in the Bible. And that love, you don't even realize, again, I say we miss what it means sometimes. You're actually familiar with soke. 
You're actually familiar with this. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soke, your soul, and all your mind. So see, the same thing that Jesus is willing to sacrifice, we're supposed to love God with all we have. All of our mind, all of our emotion, all of our will. You see, Jesus is fully God and fully human. Remember that. And so the human side, his soul life, had to submit to the Father's will. And he said, I'm the good shepherd. I'll sacrifice my life for the sheep. He would surrender his soul life to the will of the Father. Now, again, this was not the view of the Messiah the Jews are expecting, by the way. Because they were expecting someone to come in and rescue them, right? That's what's always happened in the past. Not somebody that was going to lay down their life and surrender to the cause, to die. Now the next part, verse 14. So he's looking at the Pharisees describing what the good shepherd is. I can imagine he pans back to the man he's healed that was born blind. And he said, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own sheep. And they know me. Just as my father knows me, and I know the father. So yeah, I'll sacrifice my suke for my sheep. I I can't even imagine how he still feels. Knowing that Jesus has healed him. And if you'll remember last week, we read in verse 3, he, he said, in verse 3, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Remember when we were talking about the gate and keeping them pinned in? He said, I call them by name. Now, I know this is a funny illustration, and honestly, this is perfect that all you Jenkins kids are here today, because you're going to get this one. So when I thought of this, of Jesus calling us by name and leading us out, who in here has watched the kids' movie, Babe? And if you had a Grandma Jenkins, you saw Babe like a hundred... You can quote it with me, I'm sure, right? If you haven't ever seen Babe, it's about this little pig who um, gets brought to the farm and he escapes being Christmas dinner, by the way. But then one of the border collies that the farmer uses to herd the sheep, raises Babe. And Babe actually learns, he decides he wants to be a sheepdog, just like Mama and Daddy, right? But he doesn't command the sheep the way the Daddy dog tried to teach him, because he was all about barking commands and nipping at the feet and making them sheep, because they're just so stupid, and we just got to herd them in the way they're supposed to go. But Babe had this kind-hearted spirit about him. So here's this little pig that would talk so nicely. Ma'ams, would you mind just moving a little this way? And he would herd the sheep. 
So the farmer gets to watching this, and he gets this bright idea to take him to a competition, right? <laughs> Makes him the laughing stock of town. And But Babe has this problem when he's at the competition. Those sheep don't really know him. So they're not paying any mind to him. We don't even know what this little oinker's doing. Somebody go put him back in the slop, right? So the the dog, daddy dog, goes back to the farm because he knows, man, he's going to... He's just going to fail. And he goes back to the sheep on the farm. He said, I need something. Tell me how to help babe. And they give him the code that the sheep use. Ba, ram, you. And there's a little little uh, poem that goes with it. And they tell him if he'll tell them that, they'll do what he needs them to do. So he goes back and they won't listen to him until he says, ba, ram, you. Well, by this time, the humans are making a laughing stock of this poor farmer until the announcer's looking at his screen and going, whoa, 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 wait, wait. And the sheep are just lining up, following little piggy where they need to go and gets put in the pen. Jesus said, my sheep know me. Even when it doesn't make sense. Go back, go back again and look at the man who was born blind. He didn't know Jesus, never, never seen him, never met him. But he knew there was something about him. Church, we all want to be seen and known. That's why our enemy can play on our fears of loneliness and and being separated because we just want to be seen and known. This this past week, uh, I I spent time out there at SNU for our pastor's forum. And one of the coolest things, it was all cool. It was a great time, um, very refreshing for us pastors. But one of my favorite parts was several of us pastors got to meet in person for the first time. So we do these Zoom calls because we have lifelong learning stuff we have to do. And so I've been taking Zoom webinars the past, I guess, year and a half, really. And so several of us, we've gotten to know each other on Zoom, and we got to finally meet. And it was kind of comical because just looking, you you don't recognize sometimes people. I said we needed a little cardboard square to hold up to just look at people's faces. Oh, yeah, you're on Zoom with me because that's all I see on Zoom, right? And this one pastor, he walked up, and when he saw my name tag, he said, that name, you have we met? And I look at his name, and I'm thinking the same thing. That name looks familiar, you know. And then I said, hey, have you been doing Dr. Sample's Zoom? Yes, that's where I know you from. And so there was a big group of us from Louisiana, down in Houston, you name it, that we're from all over, that we finally got to meet. And we knew each other, even though we had never met. And that was so cool. We knew each other's names, which clicked something for us. And we were able to connect. Look at me, church. Jesus knows you. He knows your name. He knows exactly where you are in life right now. 
Whatever is rocking your world today, I guarantee he is not surprised. If it's breaking your heart today, he weeps with you. He knows you. He knows your name. And church, you know him. You remember last week we we talked about the man when he got healed and they began to grill him and, and he was like, I don't know this man. All I can do is tell you what he's done. But then remember Jesus went to him and said, do you believe in the Son of Man? And he said, who is that? Jesus said, you're looking at him. And he said, yes. And he began to worship Jesus because he knew him. Now, he didn't know a lot of details, did he? You don't have to know a lot of details to know when God shows up. Because just as he knows you, you'll know his voice. Because this man had no previous relationship, but he knew he could trust him. He knew that when he said he was the Messiah, I believe you. I believe you. Now this word no is to have a complete and absolute understanding. Because get this, he said, I know my sheep, they know me, just like I know the Father, and the Father knows me. And we know that the relationship between Jesus and God is absolute and complete. Jesus knows the Father. And he's saying, me and my sheep, we have that same connection. It's absolute and complete. I don't care if you've been a Christian for five days or 50 years. That relationship is absolute and complete. Jesus knows you. Because see, I think there's some of us, we're we're tempted to say yes to Jesus. We're tempted to follow him. And then that voice says, you don't know. You don't know enough of the Bible. How can you know Jesus? Because I know. You know that voice. Mamas, when we're out in public and somebody cries mama, now we all may turn our head when it's just that little low mama, but man, when our kid is in trouble and they scream mama, we know it's our kid. (laughs) We know our kid. Jesus knows who you are. And then as if the, the Pharisees are not mad enough, by the way, Verse 16, Jesus says, by the way, all the sheep ain't here. I got some more. And I'm going to go call them out too. He's talking about the Gentiles. He's talking about this is the gospel for the world. That's why when, when I say the message is not, it can't just be understood here in America, me and you, whatever I'm preaching, it has to be understood around the world. The gospel is for all people. And he said, we're going to be one flock with one shepherd. One flock with one shepherd. I love that my favorite speaker this week, (laughs) 
I got to tell you a funny one on Brittany. <laughs> so we had this speaker from Pepperdine University, which is Church of Christ, by the way, but we're one flock. And he blessed us. He blessed us greatly this week. So his name, we're sitting at supper, and, and Alex heard this speaker because we shared chapel with the SNU students on Tuesday, and me and Alex are talking about the message and, you know, telling Brittany about it. Da, da, da. She goes, oh, yeah, 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 y'all had that, y'all had that guest speaker, Morgan Wallen, didn't you? <laughs> Come on, country people, y'all can laugh. I said, that would be quite the pastor's retreat if I had Morgan Wallen, wasn't it? Yeah, that's nobody, that's the wrong name. <laughs> How about Jeff Waller? Let's go with that one. <laughs> so if y'all hear any rumors that I was at a, a convention with Morgan Wallen there, it was not true, not true. <laughs> so there's going to be one flock. Oh, I can't wait to get to heaven. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. So they hear all of this, and Jesus just keeps saying, I sacrifice. He said, I do it voluntarily, by the way. I'm not just doing it because the Father said, hey, boy, go take care of that for me. No. He was, he was volunteering because he loved us that much. But then the crowd begins to grumble again. Look back at verse 19. When he said these things, the people were again what? Divided. Unfortunately, it's human nature. We let things divide us. Oh, church. Oh, church. But the claims, see, that Jesus are making, they're pretty extreme. Again, you and I, we know the end of the story. It makes perfect sense to us. Not to this day and age. This was rocking the world of the Jewish culture. Gentiles, man, I'm not sure if they saw this one coming, right? It's rocking everybody's world. So all of these claims, I am the bread, I am the light, I'm the gate. The only way to get to God is through me, remember? And I am the good shepherd. I am the Messiah. It only left two options. He was insane, and we just need to throw this in the trash. Or he is who he says he is, and he's the Son of God. And church, I told you last week, and I'll tell you again this week, it's still the same question today. See, we don't get to just take a piece of this and, and, and well, yeah, that, that's a good lesson there. Mm-mm. This book is about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Son of God. From beginning to end, by the way. And you still have to ask, is he insane? Do I believe this? Because see, when they began to ask this blind man who had been healed, what do you think? He's like, look, I don't know the guy. I know I was blind, and now I see. Many years ago, I would have told you, I don't know. But I know my, my life was headed in one direction. And man, I've taken off in a whole different direction. Some of us pastors were sharing our, our stories and histories the other day, and they were giggling because we 
somehow got up talking about Vegas. And I said, man, I remember going through Vegas as a kid and I couldn't wait to get back there. And when I was 21 and, and I said, Jesus got me first. And I said, I ain't never pulled the handle yet because Jesus got me. But that's okay. Because my life was not in a good direction. And he's changed some things along the way. Church, our, our view of Christ often is too small, too human. And therefore, we're unwilling to allow him to have authority and control of us. See, that's a, a bad terminology these days. We don't want anybody to have authority and control over us. But you got to love the Lord your God with all of your soul. Okay. All your soul life. That's your will. That's your emotions. Psalms 23 starts with, The Lord is my shepherd. See, we see this throughout the Bible, this illustration of who God is and who Christ is as the good shepherd. He takes care of his sheep. What if for one moment we could humble ourselves so that we could try to see through the Creator's eyes? Did anybody see Captain Kirk go to space this week? Who saw Captain Kirk? Yeah, William Shatner. I don't know how you put a 90-year-old on a spaceship. You're not 90 yet, but would you get on a spaceship? Maybe. He didn't look too enthused about that. I just don't understand. Like, I, I get nauseous on, on um, Spaceship Mars at Disney, right? The G-Force is so bad. And they put a 90-year-old. I guess at that age, it's like, whatever happens, right? It don't matter. But I'll never forget William Shatner, if you saw the video of him in, in that time frame when they're floating in space and he's looking out the window and seeing that view of earth. And it just overwhelmed him. And he just wept. Even when he got back down on the earth, he was still weeping at what he had seen. Because he knew he was getting this opportunity that not very many people would get. But I just thought he got to see us from the Creator's view. And if we could humble ourselves just for a moment, <laughs> because sometimes we blow ourselves up in our head of we're bigger than we are and more important than we are. Sheep. I hate to say it, but we might be more like them than we would like to think. We can be pretty fearful at times, pretty timid and scared. We also can be pretty stubborn at times. If you, if you know sheep, they don't want to go, man. They don't want to go. <laughs> and dare I say, we can be pretty stupid at times. We get so focused on the bios of our physical life. We miss the Zoe. 
And we get so focused on the bios sometimes. We're not willing to surrender this. Okay. Not only did Jesus sacrifice his soul life, but he gave us the example of what that looked like. The good news, even at our absolute worst, Christ chooses us. He's already bought us. He calls us by name. And he makes us his own, and he delights in us. Either he's insane, or he is who he says he is. Your question today, do you love him with all your soul life? See, you walked in here physically today. But have you ever loved him with all your soul? Okay. Stand with me, church. Bo, go ahead and turn that song on. These altars are open. Because let's be honest, we've, we've spent the last two years heavily thinking about me. Is it all too much to me? Let me tell you about my Jesus. But maybe today you need to bow a knee. Just like the blind man when, when he said, I don't know who you are, but I worship you. Maybe today's that day for you. Maybe today's the first day to say, yes, I, I, I want that, Jesus. I want that, good shepherd. Maybe today is about, Lord, I, I don't know if I've been loving you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. And I need to commit to that today. These altars are open. They've been open for a while, by the way. You just got to come. You got to answer the question. Is he insane? Or is he who he says he is? Let's pray together. Mm. I love this song, Lord. Because I want to scream to the world, let me tell you about my Jesus. Who took a girl who was all about the physical life of what she wanted out of this world. And you showed me a whole different way. You showed me a love, God, that loved me just as I am. But a love so big that it didn't leave me there. God, and today I bow my heart to you. I bow, I bow my whole soul, life, my will, my way of doing things. God, I, I turn over to you. The old example is when we hold our hands open, Lord, you can take out anything you want. And you can put in anything you want. But God, today all I want is you. All I want is you. Father, I pray for your people. And I know you're working in hearts today, here and online. Father, I know that 
hearts are bowing to you at this moment. God, you are the good shepherd that we trust and we can follow. And you you sacrificed your life. They didn't understand that. The Pharisees didn't know what that would mean, but we do, Lord. We know the rest of the story. And so, God, it's with with huge gratitude that I want to just stop and remember what you did today. (laughs) That you were fully God, but fully human, and you voluntarily paid the price. And that, God, you, you, you wanted to be the shepherd, not just for an eternal life, but, God, you were the shepherd there as you walked the earth to give us an example. May we follow today. May we understand that following you, we worry about what it's going to take away, but, God, you're always leading us into better pastures. You're always leading us to the Father. You're leading us home. God, and I pray your people will want that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.